Hey guys, this is the Supernaturalist podcast show. The show exists to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And I trust that that's why you're listening, that it's your desire to see God's kingdom come, his will be done, established through your daily contribution. It's such an honor to have you listening to the show today. In this show, we're going to talk about HIT, high intensity training. I'm going to give you eight hacks to pattern interrupt your 2019. I hope all eight are here. Um, this is a good one. I think it's going to be very helpful, very practical practical, very supernatural, um, and please give me your feedback on what you think of this particular show. Before we dive into the content, just want to encourage you and remind you that um, the enrollment for From Victim to Victorious, our study of James, closes tonight at midnight. So I do realize that many of you will listen to this um, after tonight at midnight. I apologize. As you know, I've been sending out lots of emails, doing lots of live streams and different things, trying to get the word out. But today is the final day to enroll, to register for this three-month deep dive into the book of James. It's 12 high definition teachings followed by Q&A and group interaction. It's 60 devotionals written by uh, a, a diverse group of authors that are apostolic prophetic. There are teachers in there, pastors and evangelists. You're going to love getting a perspective that comes from uh, quite a crew. I'm super excited to have my daughter Abigail actually writing one of the devotionals. So join us. Please join us. It'd be such an honor to have you a part. To do that, just go to my website. It's my name. It's darrenstott.com. Again, darrenstott.com. Click on resources and you'll see it. It's the very first resource there from victim to victim. Victorious, a study of James. All right, last but not least, make sure that you uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. To do that, go to thedarrenshow.com. Don't forget to rate and review. Reviews are a big deal on iTunes. It helps uh, aggregate and pull this content up to the top, put it on the charts. So many of you guys have already done this. I'm so thankful and appreciative for your generous words that you have um, contributed to uh, iTunes regarding this this podcast. Uh, so again, rate and review and subscribe to this thing on iTunes. It's at the Darren show.com. All right. So with all that being said, let's dive into hit high intensity trading eight hacks to pattern interrupt your 2019. Connecting, equipping and promoting emerging supernaturalists. Guys, happy new year. It is so on. It's 2019. I'm sure you're ready to do this. I'm sure you're just swan diving into this new year. Some of you are like, I'm not about new years. I'm not about, um, uh, it's just a number, you know, it's just, a, and, um, and so let me just say right off the bat, you know, uh, like if you know me, I'm, I'm a huge fan of goal setting and, um, and resolutions and, and, uh, and what it is at the end of the day, it's not that there's anything magical about January 1st. What it is at the end of the day is it's, 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 um, it's a new season. And I, I get just as excited in September as I do in January. In fact, I consider September the new years of, of, of the church cycle, the church season, but every three months, um, 
I see a change of season. And with a change of season comes opportunities. And so, yes, I'm totally into prophetic words associated with with a new year. I'm totally into um, uh, evaluation and renewal when it comes to um, when it comes to the own things that my own things that I'm that I'm engaging with. I think that most of us um, we do lots of stuff without ever really uh, realizing or taking um, inventory of everything that we're doing. And so it is so easy just to find ourselves running in the hamster wheel of, of life, just um, just just going for it without really accomplishing the dreams and the desires, the things that God has actually put within our hearts. So today what I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be talking about um, HIT, which is high intensity training. I'm going to be giving you eight hacks to pattern interrupt your 2019 and it, uh, like I said, this isn't this isn't going to be for everybody. Um, some people are going to be like, I'm, I'm just not into practical stuff, um, and that's totally cool. This this might not be um, the podcast for you, but if if you're feeling if you're feeling a, a, a fresh call to make a fresh resolve, right, right, to be resolved in your commitments to redeem your time to take a responsibility over over your time um, and to really apply yourself to get some stuff done this year that you've been wanting to do for a long time. Look, if that's you, this is the podcast for you. If it's not you, God bless you. You know I love you, okay? Um, so yeah, we're gonna dive into some stuff here. Um, hit, high intensity training, realizing that, um, hey, we just started a new season. This is an opportunity to do some inventory on our priorities, to do an inventory of, of our of our, of our soul content, um, to, to, to just take responsibility for where we're at and um, in order to really get healthy spiritually, um, to get our soul healthy and um, to get our, our bodies healthy. Awesome. Um, so you say HIT. What, what's HIT? Um, HIT stands for high intensity training, and it's a form of strength training that started to get popular in the 1970s from a dude named Arthur Jones. He was the founder of Nautilus. Um, his training method really focused um, on uh, quality weight training and really um, identifying the, the, the bare, like identifying that those benchmarks where, where you can work out at that bare minimum but achieve the most optimum uh, results. And so, um, yeah, Arthur Jones, he was like one of the first, you know, biohackers when it comes to, uh, when it comes to physical training. And uh, so the idea is instead of working out for a long, long, long time, uh, you work out for a very short amount of time, but that amount of time that you're applying yourself um, is incredibly disciplined, focused, and there's a, uh, it's really quality over quantity as far as this particular training method. Um, the principles of HIT are, um, are essentially uh, keep it brief, keep it infrequent, and keep it intense. And you, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I think that there are some fundamental kind of truths here that we, that we can apply uh, to our own disciplines that we tend to fail in each and every year. Like when I, I could have pulled the stats for you guys, but the, the, the daily disciplines from the amount of people that say that they're going to start eating better on January 1st and the amount of people that say that they're going to hit the gym um, uh, and the amount of people that say they're going to start reading the Bible and doing all these different things. Um, when you look at the stats, people just, they just don't continue, right? The, like uh, they have the desire, but like their disciplines aren't doable. And usually the reason why is because um, first of all, they don't have a, clear strategy and so what they're doing is they're taking um they're they are building an eclectic random pinterest board with all these 
uh, tips and, and tricks and hacks, but a lot of them uh, contradict each other because they're not necessarily in alignment or in unity. They're coming from uh, uh, such a pool of, of different thinkers and different philosophers when it comes to whatever they're trying to accomplish that in many ways they're actually undercutting um, their own their own gains. So for this reason, um, sometimes you just have to pick something. You have to pick one thinker. You have to pick one thing and then just kind of and kind of go after it, realizing that maybe a lot of people aren't going to be for it. A lot of people might diss it. A lot, a lot of people might say it, um, that's ridiculous because of something else that they heard. Um, but for that reason, I think it's really good just to you know pick pick one thing, pick one strategy, pick one book, pick one diet, pick one lifestyle, and and don't try to do everything all at the same time because if you're going to take on a new discipline, it's got to be doable. And my biggest um, recommendation right off the bat is that whatever you're going to introduce, that you should keep it brief, um, that you should keep, keep it infrequent, and you should keep it intense. That's the hit training um, strategy. I'm going I'm to give you a whole bunch of like what I call directives. As you know, like I'm a huge fan of directives. If you've read my book, Pattern Interrupt is full um, of directives all throughout the book of things to start doing, things to stop doing, because um, I like that. I like that myself. And um, there's a lot of different thinkers and, and people that I read. Um, and sometimes I'll just go right to the directives. And um, there's kind of a, a church uh, engineer. I, I refer to him as a church like structural engineering. It's even though it's, it's structural when it comes to things of the spirit. And I believe him. I, I trust him. And so I don't need to read all of his analogies and stories and parables. I just go right to the end of each chapter, find the director directives and apply it. There's several guys that are, that are like that. I'll apply it. I'll try it. Um, uh, uh, I'll, I'll run it for a season and then I'll adapt it. So I don't pretend that, that I know better than another thinker, another author, just because it did something in the past and it failed um, to, to think that, you know, uh, I think oftentimes what we need to do is we just need to take the system. We need to apply the system, plug it in, um, uh, try it for a season, try it for 90 days and then, and then reevaluate. All right. First directive that, that I'd have for you, like, uh, uh, and like I said, some of this is just going to be so counter, um, especially probably the more, more artistic you are. I find myself right in the middle of, of, well, you know, I'm on the spectrum when it comes to like being an artist and when it comes to being, um, spontaneous, but I find myself far more, um, uh, I'm thinking far more like an architect now than I ever have within my life. Like, so when I was younger, I was hundred percent artist, hundred percent random, hundred percent spontaneous. Uh, we'd make movies and I was like the gorilla filmmaker. I didn't want the, you know, don't give me a script. A script is just don't, don't ask me to color within the lines. Just give me the paint. Let me run. Right. And now I find that my fruitfulness is contingent on having the lines and that I can be more creative in my painting and, and coloring. If I'm given some, some boundaries, so like I said, uh, for those of you that tend to be 100% uh, Philly uh, and artistic, this is going to seem um, somewhat uh, counterintuitive. You might even feel like you're backsliding a bit as far as your own integrity to your art. But like I said, if you're not, if your output, if your creative output isn't where it needs to be, then perhaps you can bear with me and, and, and be a little offended or triggered and perhaps even write some stuff down because there might even be some, some, some very practical breakthrough points here. And I, I think that's the other thing is oftentimes within our stream, within the prophetic kind of apostolic stream is that we like, we think that all breakthrough uh, takes place within, within the spirit and it's, and it's, and it's 100% spiritual. 
And I just don't see that, that that's the case biblically. I think that 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 breakthrough has to take place in three different realms, and that would be in the, in the realm of the spirit, in the realm of the soul, and in the realm of the physical, right? And so even the prayer of Jesus that 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 the kingdom of God will come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is not just an invisible spiritual dynamic. Like the prayer of Jesus is that things would be translated from the spirit into the physical. And so for that reason, um, for those of us that tend to be 100% woo woo. Uh, but see very little things actually manifest in the physical. Um, sometimes it's because there is a major void of the practical. So let's dive into some things here. Uh, the first thing is you're going to have to write some stuff down. You're going to have to get a, a journal. You're going to have to buy a pen. You're going to have to get an Evernote app. You're going to have to figure out what method you're going to use. Maybe you're going to just do voice notes and record them on your on your phone. I don't know what your method's going to be, but it's got to be your method. It's got to be something that's going to work for you. It's got to be something that you can be consistent with, and you're going to need to um, write your 10 goals down. Okay, that's the very first directive that I, that I have for you. Figure out what your 10 goals are going to be. Hey, even better yet, if, write your five goals down. Or even better yet, write your three goals down, but write them down. Maybe don't go over 10. That could be a little overwhelming. Even 10 itself could be a little overwhelming. The point is this. You've got to export it. you got to get it from, from, from the cognitive desire realm out uh, onto paper where you can see it. And that, that requires a process. That requires time. And when you do that, that, that actually says that you're serious about it. If you haven't written it down, you're not serious about it. No matter how serious you think you are, you haven't written it down. So you've got to you've got to take that thing from the from the uh, from the visionary realm, from the from the imagineering realm. You've got to export it. You've got to get it on paper. Um, you've got to get it up in, in front of you. Um, when you're writing down your goals, um, love the SMART goals stuff. So SMART is an acronym. S stands for specific. Be specific in your goal setting. Don't be vague. Ask yourself um, questions so that you can really hash the thing out more. Like, what does this look like? What does it feel like? Um, uh, what does it smell like? Where Where, where is it? Um, uh, what do I need to know? What, what do I not know? Like really just being very, very specific so you can get clarity on um, when it comes to vision, clarity is everything. I'm, I'm a huge believer in the clear future principle, you know, and so um, without vision, people perish. Without uh, revelatory perspective, the people of God cast off restraint is the is the um, the the translation. If you study that that scripture out. And so, um, be, be, be specific. And, uh, uh, so that's S M M is measurable. And so you, you have to be able to measure your results. And so for example, everything that I've read and studied when it comes to, um, to gains, when it comes to lifting weights and muscle development, uh, they want you measuring everything. They want you measuring every part of your body. They want you taking pictures all the time. They want you tracking everything. And so when it comes to your, to your goals, track everything. Um, I would even say, you know, um, define the win. Like wh what's going to be that point where you can really celebrate when it comes to weight loss. Um, it's recommended that even if you need to lose 50 pounds, that you don't make that your goal, that you make 10 pounds, your goal. Once you lose 10 pounds, it, you can actually see it, um, in your face. Um, uh, once you lose, you know, once you hit that 10 pound mark, every pound after that starts to become more and more noticeable. So instead of setting your goal at 50 pounds, set your goal for 10 pounds, right? And then track it. And then once you hit that 10 pounds, you celebrate, not by eating a cake, but you celebrate um, by um, uh, watching a movie without popcorn or butter or salt. Okay, um, the next thing is achievable. Like, is, is your goal actually achievable? 
okay? Um, is it actually uh, realistic, okay? And I know that there's a lot of scripture verses and a lot of things where, and there's a lot of places where God calls us that don't seem achievable in the natural, and I'm, I'm all about that. Um, but uh, in order to develop momentum, you're gonna need some little wins, okay? Um, as you accomplish these little wins, um, you're gonna get to celebrate those little wins, and the celebration is what begins to accumulate and begins to build up, and that's what begins to develop um, that internal energy and drive that you need in order to keep moving and not quit. The number one reason why people don't accomplish their goals, this is super deep, is because people quit. <laughs> you can't you can't achieve if you're quitting, right? And so um, if you are trying to overachieve and uh, and you're not being realistic, um, then you're gonna get bummed out and uh, that's not good. So specific, measurable, achievable. Um, the next R, S-M-A-R, the next R is relevant. Um, like at the end of the day, who cares? Like you, you need to really care and it needs to really matter. Your goal needs to absolutely matter. What What's at stake here with this particular goal? If you don't do it, what's at stake? You know, if, if you're, you know, uh, 60, 70, 80 pounds overweight, what's at stake is your life's actually at stake. You know, you're susceptible to many different diseases and um, and even just the link between belly fat and um, and heart disease. There's, there's an inextricable link that exists there between belly fat and heart disease. So really, um, <clears throat> excuse me, doing your research to say, like, why does this matter? And if I don't do this, what's it going to cost me? What's going to cost my family? If I'm not around, what's that going to cost my children? And if, you know, if I, if I'm not here to lead, you know, if I'm cutting my life short by 20 years, what does that, what does that cost my grandchildren or, 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 or the church or whatever else? So really beginning to identify that so that you're taking your goals seriously. And then the last thing is, um, S M A R T and T stands for timely, <clears throat> excuse me. And so when we say timely, it means that we need to um, take time into consideration for our goals that you don't have the rest of your life to figure this out. And I think that it's actually one of the reasons why um, why most New Year's resolutions are unsuccessful is because we actually think that we have 12 months to nail it. And um, and the truth is that we we we, we really don't. Um, one of the reasons why people fail in their in their in their resolutions and in their goals is because they have not attached any sort of timeline to it, or they've just by default attached twelve months to it since it was a New Year's resolution. Um, my recommendation would be to tell yourself that you don't have all year; all you have is ninety days. So all you have is three months to accomplish these goals. What that's going to do is that's going to um, force you to dial them in a bit more. It's going to force you to be a little bit more specific. It's going to force you to be. Uh, a little bit more uh, uh, focus when it comes to measuring the results. It's going to force you uh, to make sure that they really are achievable if you're only setting it for 90 days. You can be a little bit more unrealistic if you set it for a year. You can be totally unrealistic if you set it for five years. Um, if you want to have some fun, um, actually set up a 15-year uh, a uh, list of goals and what's what's fun about that is that you can be completely unrealistic and when you do that on purpose it actually opens up a place where you can be really creative so that can be a fun team exercise where you get to kind of get out from underneath the gravity of responsibility and you get to really begin to explore um uh, this place of what I'll just refer to as righteous fantasy, where you can use your imagination to look way down the timeline into the future and just think bigger than you ever thought possible. But that's not for this exercise. That this exercise is that we're practicing timeliness, and because we're trying to uh, pattern interrupt some dysfunctional things that have kind of defined the last three years of our lives, and because we want 2019 to be different, what what we need to do this year is say, I don't have 12 months, I have three months, and so. What that does, that takes us back to hit. That takes us back to 
um, high intensity training that we're going to shorten the amount of time. So we're looking at brief goal setting and in return, in response, we're going to increase the intensity. Awesome. 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 Um, three things that I think that are lacking, uh, within the church, within a lot of church leaders are urgency, intensity, and passion. And, um, and there's a lot of theological excuses for not having urgency, intensity, and passion. For example, one would be a counterfeit interpretation of what rest is. A lot of people think that rest is not doing anything. It's just laying down beside uh, a river in green pastures and letting you know, uh, letting sheep feed you grapes or something. And um, th- that's really not what rest is. And if if you want to see what rest looks like, you can go back and look at um, at the the creation account in Genesis 1, where God works his tail off for six days and then he rests on the seventh. What rest isn't is not doing anything for seven days. That is not the pattern that we get when we look at how God created. Um, you know, so many people, they're like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just at rest. And uh, you're like, yeah, that's great, but you're a creative that's not creating. And so you're robbing the world of beauty and restorative uh, uh, uh Art and you're robbing the, the world of prophecy and you're you're robbing the world of 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 books and 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 structures and symbols and all all these different things and so um, uh, I get really concerned when I see um, people that think they have an understanding of rest and yet they're incredibly unhealthy. Um, incredibly unhealthy uh, physically, and yet they think they're incredibly healthy uh, spiritually. Now, I understand that there's all kinds of uh, conditions and health conditions. There's all kinds of different, you know, kinds of kinds of things. Um, but uh, and I'm I'm talking to ministers here. I think probably one of the best ways for a minister to rest is for them to actually go for a walk. Is for them to actually go for a. a, a a brief jog is for them to actually get a gym membership and start to, to develop an ethic for lifting weights. You know, it, it, ministers need this. They need healthy outlets. They need, they need a place where they can, uh, where they can be a disruptor within their own, uh, within their own biology, where they can begin the one, be the one putting stress on their bodies instead of being the victim of passive stress that exists through leadership. So what's it going to take to increase our urgency this year? Right? What's it going to take to uh, increase our intensity and our passion? It might require for us to adjust our theology. If our theology is giving us permission to remain passive or to remain in a place of apathy, then perhaps we need a theological pattern interrupt. Um, what's it going to take to increase our intensity and our passion? Um, how can we budget? How can we set up um, uh Areas where our passion is being fueled throughout the year. Uh, I'm speaking spiritually. I'm, I'm I'm talking physically. I'm talking economically. Um, what are ways that you can really uh, uh, have your passion fueled in the in the area of your own uh, financial health? Uh, what's it going to take to feed your passion when it comes to the own health of your of your marriage? I would budget your book reading list, um, conferences, and uh, e-courses. I, I would set up a, a a self-improvement, a marriage improvement, a finance improvement, a, a spirit improvement um, budget so that at the end of the day, you're not just sowing and trading into everybody else, but you're actually really sowing into what God is doing in your life, saying that your identity, authority, and destiny absolutely deserve uh, to be sewed into, and that's one of the things that you're gonna prioritize uh, this next this next year.
Uh, the next directive that I would say is um, after you've written down your 10 goals is that you would see it. Okay. And that means that you'd actually dive into the future and you would see what it looks like once it's been achieved and you would celebrate it in the present that you would go into the future. You would see it, you'd pull it back and begin to celebrate it and not just celebrate it, but really celebrate Jesus, really giving thanks to the Lord. And that is that place of, of, of real faith, that place where through our rejoicing, we're calling into being that which does not exist. What does that do? The next, the next directive, number three, is that we would feel it. When we begin to celebrate it, a celebration does something incredible um, to the chemicals within our body, to the neural chemicals within our body. When we can truly celebrate, we can truly laugh and rejoice in something, it changes the whole uh, uh, chemical nature of our, of our biology, of our anatomy. When we can really begin to give thanks, when we can really begin to practice gratitude, it, it, it creates this, it creates this realm, it creates uh, a realm of faith and, and even more, and even more expectancy. So there is this incredible place of when, uh, when we begin to celebrate the things that we've hoped for before they've even been seen. Um, and I think that that's uh, an awesome way to begin to fill, uh, to begin to fill, uh, the, um, uh, uh, and, and you say, why, why do I have to fill it? Because there needs to be a, uh, an emotional trigger that's attached with your vision so that there's a certain level of gravity um, that is attached so that this goal is not just a menial goal. It's not just this pointless kind of senseless because that's one of the things where we get robbed so many times that sometimes things matter initially and then they don't matter anymore. And the reason why is because we haven't done due diligence to really dive into uh, what's at stake and to really dive into, to really attach an emotional attachment with what we're going, what we're going after. At the end of the day, nobody's going to be uh, uh, as passionate about the things, the dreams and desires of your heart than than you. So nobody else can do this for you. People can encourage you. People can hold you accountable. You're the one that has to have the emotional attachment with the with the goal. And I would, and I'll just emphasize a healthy emotional attachment. If rage and anger pride and greed, lust and vanity, if all of these things are your emotional attachment that is uh, been attached to your goal, then some serious repentance evaluation and ministry is definitely needed uh, so that you can solve the equation of why these things are being attached to your goal. So we see it, we feel it. Number four, um, that we have permission to be weird about it, that we have permission to be peculiar about it. So many times we don't do what's required in order to meet a, a, a need or a goal. We don't do really what's required because it requires the kind of energy that is associated with being fanatical. And so many times we are worried about being fanatical. We're worried about being too overly um, radical. And I would just say that the kind of interrupt that this year is going to demand if your goals are worth anything, is this going to require you to be weird. It's going to require you to be different. It's going to require for you to engage differently than everybody else, that you're you're not like everybody else, that, that other people are going to get to do things that, that you can't do. Other people are going to get to eat things that you can't eat. Other, some, some people are going to get to celebrate ways that you are just not at liberty to celebrate. Why? Because this next year, um, you have these specifics. You've got these, um, these 
specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely goals that really matter to you. You've got emotional, healthy, emotional attachments that have been attached to these goals, and you are not uh, willing to fail. Uh, that failure is not an option. That this is a year of radical growth because you're hitting some things with intensity. You're, you're practicing this this hit. Um, training. And so you do have permission to be weird. I know I, I've got some weird friends and in the areas that they're weird, they're very successful. So I got a friend that is just amazing at the guitar. He's just brilliant. He's um, yeah. I mean, he's just he's like, and I know lots of incredibly technical guitar players. I know lots of guys that can play a thousand notes a minute on the guitar. That's not this guy. This guy is different. This guy is, is very, very, very special because he's, he's, he's just an artist. It's all about the tone. It's all about the frequency. It's all about, um, it's not about the technicality of, of gear. It's about the organic nature of gear. It's like, it's, uh, he's like one of the most organic guitar players that I know. It's it's it has to be simple, it has to be pure, it has to be analog, it has to, you know. And I just definitely respect this guy. But he's one of the weirdest guys that I know. And when it comes to what he's passionate about, he's crazy, crazy weird. Um, he's so he's so into it, and um, and you don't step on his toes when it comes to his art because it's just it's a part of him. It's a part of his his identity that when he plays that that who he is is being expressed through through those those sound waves. And I remember so many times just looking at that and just being like, I want to be like that. I know guys that are like that with coffee. I remember being like, man, I want to, I want to be like that. I want to, I want to be weird in some different ways so that I can really exceed and go beyond, beyond, you know, go off the page with some of these different things. And you have permission to find areas that you have no discipline in and areas that you have no business being weird about, but saying, Hey, I, I am so serious about that. You know, like if you're going to take something on new, if, if something is so opposite of your personality, so opposite of the way that people see you, you're going to have to have permission to swing to the opposite side of the spectrum, to really dive into, to really dive into it, knowing that some people might not like you anymore, but so what? <laughs> um, so yeah, to see it, to feel it, to be weird about it. I want to go back to the intensity thing. I think a good question to ask yourself is, what are the factors or forces that are attempting to rob you of your intensity and your urgency? Directive number five would be to identify them. And I would say, write them down. Identify those passion killers, those intensity killers. Those things were three, four, or five months down the road. The things that matter to you in January, they don't really matter to you that much anymore. Why? Why? Write those things down, okay? Um, and then I would say, ask yourself, can you eliminate them, right? Uh, or can you get, strate get strategic with them? Now, when I say, can you eliminate them? You can't eliminate your kids, okay? <laughs> so even if that's something that you want to do, you can't. Like you got these children, they're your responsibility. Um, you get to love them and encourage them and nurture them and help create their world in which they inhabit through your words and, and through your faith. So if you can't eliminate intensity killers, then you've got to get strategic with it. And what I mean is you got to look at uh, what point, what part of your day do you have the most energy and how can you steward that energy to apply it towards these goals? Some of you guys are morning people. You love the morning. You're most creative. You got the, you have the most, um, uh, 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 like the, the chemical neural response in your body is at its prime, at its optimum performance in the morning. If that's you, uh, you've got to really take responsibility to look at what you're doing 
in the morning. Um, because you probably don't want to just be doing one task all morning. You probably really want to divide your morning up into to small increments of time, have a timer, and then hit it hard. So you go in 20 to 30 minutes on a particular project with radical intensity, and then you and then you stop, have that sip of coffee, and then take on your next task and really go after it. If you're able to do that, you'll go from having just a... Uh, uh, you know, you'll go from having just um, one thing that you've been doing for the last year to actually beginning to see small incremental quality projects that have been dreams and desires of your heart for a long time, all of a sudden getting done. So maybe it's like you've been wanting to write a book. Maybe every every day for that that twenty to thirty minutes, you're hitting out uh, five hundred words every morning. You're going to hit a thirty minutes, five hundred words. And, um, and what I would say is for your expectation on that time, I heard this from an author and I thought it was great. Your commitment should be to write 500 words that are horrible, right? I think he used the word crap. Just write 500 um, words and, and don't have any high expectations of yourself. Just get it done. Get it out there. Next day, same thing. Over time, you'll go back and you'll have all this clay, all this matter that existed that didn't exist a year prior. At that point, you can begin going and, and shaping it and carving it and taking out the stuff that shouldn't be there. Um, but at least you'll have something to work with where right now, many creatives actually have no matter. They have no, nothing that they can actually begin to work with and craft with because they haven't had that time. And that's the biggest thing that I always hear is where do you find the time? For me, it's hit training. It's um, small, brief, intense increments of time, usually in a 20 to 30 minute blocks where I'll set a, a timer and uh, and go for it, which is why a lot of the content that you see that I'm putting out there is only about 20 minutes long, you know, because that's all I'm giving myself, you know, except for this podcast. We're at uh, 34 minutes of recording right now and still going for it. Identify, eliminate it, get strategic with it. Um, if you can't eliminate it, you need to just be wise of and this applies for a lot of things. If there's things that you should be doing, but you don't have energy to do them, you need to be more specific as far as when those things should be done. So maybe there's things that you think traditionally should be done at night, but maybe you should be doing it in the morning because, because that's when the blood is flowing. Awesome. And that goes for working out. All right. Um, the next question, the next directive, number seven, um, include your community. What I mean by that is you need to find out who can help you because for most of us, um, we hit blockages, we hit barriers, we hit these points where we just can't go any further. That could be in any area of your life, from marriage to working out to, to diet to, to a writing project. Um, so include your community. Who can you get to help you? You know, and, um, and that includes asking for help. So I've talked about this before, but I've had a project I've been working on for over a year, probably closer to a year and a half. In fact, I wanted to have this thing done back in 2017. And I went through all of 2018 and it still isn't done. It's a writing project. And I've got, I've, I've got, I'd say over 40,000 words on this particular project with the whole thing outlined. I just hit a barrier. So it was great because over Christmas break, I got to um, meet with two incredible teachers who developed curriculum and they read through my, my project and I had a bunch of specific questions for them and they met with me. They gave me their opinion. They gave me their, um, as well as some incredible people um, that, I, that, uh, uh, that I emailed and they also gave me their feedback. 
um, regarding this project. So I reached out to a total of four or five people, um, but over Christmas break, I actually got together with two of them and they gave me their, their, uh, their input and their input was incredibly helpful. Um, I needed help from my community. I needed help from people that, uh, that had the competence to speak into a project to help, um, interrupt whatever defeaters were keeping me and, um, from moving forward. And so, um, you know, I am practicing what I preach here, you guys. And these are things that have really helped me out a lot. When you ask for help, how do you do that? You can make a phone call, you can send a text message, you can email, you can schedule an appointment. Uh, one of my favorite people to meet with at Seattle Bible Center, she uh, attends our church. Um, and uh, she comes in usually uh, once or twice a year. That, that, that's it. No, not, not too often. Um, she'll set up an appointment um, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and, I'll, and I'll meet with her. One of the things I love about meeting with her is that she's prepared. She's been thinking. Um, she knows what she wants to know. Um, and she's so honoring of my time in that we'll set an hour appointment and she usually meets with me for about only 30 to 40 minutes. And then she leaves and then she leaves early. And how do you accomplish anything in 30, 40 minutes? Well, um, she comes in with her notepad and she's got all of her questions written down. Um, she sits down, she gives me a, a quick briefing on why she's there, on the kinds of questions that she has. Then she just begins to go through it. As I'm answering her questions, she's writing. She's writing down what I'm what I'm sharing. And um, and I love it. I feel like I feel like I'm being honored. I feel like my time's being honored. I feel like my contribution into her life is being honored in that um and that she's writing it all down. And, uh, and you can see, you can see it click. You can see the different epiphanies that are kind of exploding within her own spirit. And, uh, and, and I love that. You know, I think that's, I think that is so cool. And uh, there's different people, uh, different people that I chat with even uh, online or just over tech SMS where they have specific questions for me. Um, and I love being able to help people. And guess what? There's people all throughout your life that are willing to help you. People that are further ahead of you, people that are being more efficient, people that are being more productive, people that, that have accomplished the goals that you like to accomplish. And guess what? You need them. Yes, you need them. And they are there for you. They're willing to help you. Yes, they're busy. Yes, you're busy. Um, but uh, if you ask, and if you're smart, they will they will be willing to pour um, their from their um, uh, from their place of of equity of wisdom wisdom equity they'll be willing to share that with you which is absolutely incredible at the end of the day um, I don't think we need more money I don't think we need more time at the end of the day I think we need more wisdom more more diligence um, more more clarity more intensity and I think if we can take these things then um, then we can build all kinds of incredible structures and things that'll make the world much much better and the money is just a fruit that comes as a result. I think you chase after money, you're gonna you're gonna create things that are that are that are lame and 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 probably already exist and and cheap imitations of things that already exist. Um, but I think if we can chase after excellence and, and if we can chase after creating things on the earth that bring redemption and restoration that really reveal the character and nature of God, then you'll never have to worry about 
money. You'll, you'll never have to worry about lack. That as you really focus on um, creating things that are beneficial and, and as you really focus on being a blessing, I'm telling you, um, uh, you will attract blessing. I know that that sounds super whatever, super woo-woo, but it's absolutely true, true. Um, and you can find these values. You can find these principles. You can find these laws established all throughout the Old and the New Testament. That's what I have for you. Happy New Year's. Um, may you be diligent to really pursue the dreams and desires of the Father that he's planted within your heart this next year. May no fear hold you back. May no um, religious or generational negative dysfunctional patterns define who you are and what you're capable of. May you function this year from a place of radical sonship and inheritance. Know this, I'm cheering you on, I'm for you, and hey, if God is for you, then who can be against you? Let me know what you guys are up to. Email me, tweet me, text me, whatever, uh, so that I can be celebrating what God is accomplishing through you on the earth. You are absolutely loved. Take care, guys. Podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market. And I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible and you're so supportive and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take Take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarrenshow.com. That's thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Thanks, guys.